Are you ready for more miracles and magic in your life? Rainbows in Real Life is dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. Together, we are finding ways to make the future bigger and brighter for all of us. We will be sharing stories of perseverance, possibility, and promise in engaging with experts that are making a real difference in the world. Join us live on Facebook on Thursday evenings to engage in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Good afternoon, good evening. Wherever in the world you are, thank you for being here with us. I am here with my fantastic friend and the fabulous No Excuses coach, Christopher Rush. So thank you for being with me as well, Christopher. Let's rock. <laughs> and no one would doing? know that you just hiked a mountain. Hiked a mountain and I just listened to the same song six times over and over and did jumping jacks and push-ups. Nice. I'm exhausted. So and look at you now. Ending. Baby, look at you now. So we have some like fun, cool stuff to share out. I think tonight. Everybody, let's do the way. I love messing with you. You like your thing is so. It's this is. I mean, let's just talk about this for a second. Rainbows and real talk, right? We call it re rainbows in real life. I mean, I love the fact that like the rainbows, real life. Isn't that? Kind it, of don't you guys think that's awesome? I mean, fittingish, fittingish, maybe. What? Yeah. Yeah. We have to just a real talk, I think. Real life. Well, real life. Real love. Yeah. Real love. Yeah. Something like that. that. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Real love. Does it exist? No. That too. Yeah. Self-love. So, That's what I'm finding right now is people need self-love. Oh, tell me about it. Well, we've needed that, right? So we're just kind of like figuring it out, I think. It's like, oh, wait a second. Wait a minute. This I got to take care of me pain. first. Right. You know, I sit there and you know, Pam, I talk about life being simple and it really is. It's like, we go down a rabbit hole, we go do things and we like, did I take care of myself today? Did I, did I nourish myself? Did I hydrate myself? Did I go out and get a little bit of exercise today? You know, did I read the right foods? You know, did I take my vitamins? Oh, did I read some yeah. inspirational content? You know, did I start my morning off right? And, and are my intentions right? You know, it's so simple, but people get off on this tangent and they watch news and everything else. And that's why you and I are here to bring people positivity and love. That's exactly right. And to welcome some of our fabulous friends like Cindy and Larry. Hey guys, thanks for being on. Great to see you. What's happening? As always. You guys rock. And yeah, I did a video yesterday about um, you know, my morning. I had a really cool like morning meditation thing. And so I've been reading a course in miracles and then I started a course in love. And they're super awesome. So if you haven't ever, you know, picked it up or you know, checked it out, you gotta do that. But you sort through it in pieces. Trust me, it's like whew, it's a lot, right? Have you read I have it? it on my Kindle? Yeah, I started. I started digging into it a few years ago with my my friends started doing it. I'm like, sure, I'll get it. And I was like, oh boy, this is deep stuff. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, I got it's it. It's kind of a lot. Chipping away. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and I mean that's really kind of what matters. And I actually like the fact that you you know can just like do it in bits and pieces. It's perfect for mornings because mm -hmm. of that, in my opinion. Yep. So do you have kind of a morning routine? Oh yeah. Yep. Before my eyes open, it's all about gratitude and intention. So I, mm -hmm. before my eyes open, I'm like, all right, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for my son's in the next room sleeping. I'm grateful for my wife sleeping. I'm grateful for the home we have, the opportunities ahead, completely go into gratitude, find different weird things. I'm thankful for the people who made my sheets. You know, mm -hmm. I just try to find gratitude in every single thing. And then I just do my five intentions. Like, be present, playful with my son, contribute to the humanity of the earth to make a better place, blah, 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 blah. And then I get up and I go for my walk and I do my walk and talks. And it's just like, you got to set, you got to set the intention for the day. Right. I mean, if you sit there and wake up and you look at the phone and you look at the news and you sit there and look at Facebook and like, okay, my friend thinks this and this, you start your day off like that. I mean, just imagine what it, what it turns out to be. What, do, what right. about your morning? What about your morning rituals? Yeah. So I love to, I have a few. <laughs> so I kind of, I've gotten to the point where I had so many things I'd love to do in the morning that I had to start rotating them because I was just like, I can't do them all in one morning. It'd be like two hours worth of stuff. 
And so one of the things I love to do is Reiki first thing in the morning. Like, especially if it's one of those mornings where I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling like getting out of bed, especially right this moment. I'll do a little bit of Reiki. That kind of wakes me up, but it also gets me like immediately into that space of just gratitude or love or whatever, you know, I'm focusing on while I'm doing that. So that's, I love that. Um, going back to what you were saying, it just gets you in that intention for the day. It gets you in that mental space. And then everything you do from there, you know, it's just kind of like that cumulative effect throughout the day. So it's so, I mean, it's so true, Pam. I mean, I sit there and I talk to endurance athletes and when I talk about their life, they're like, yeah, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do that. I'm like, what do you do pre to prepare for a race? Oh, do I take 12 milligrams of this and I do this and I'm like, da, 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 da. and I'm like, so you have a plan for your race, but you don't have a plan for your life. Come on. Yeah. Isn't that stupid? <laughs> I never thought about that. I'm like, do you measure your results and like gauge your outcomes based on different training methods? Yeah. I'm like, have you ever thought about like doing that with your No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, life is simple. You got well, like, you know, that's not uncommon, right? Uh, you know, that we don't necessarily put as much thought into these sorts of things as maybe we should. No, I met people who have prepared better for tailgate parties and marriages than they have for their <laughs> entire life. Like, oh, dude, we yeah. tailgate. Oh, my God, dude, we bring out the barbecue master 12,000. We bring 12 cans of beer or 12 cases of beer and uh, different things. And this, I'm like, wh what are your next goals for your next six months? Right. Yeah. Oh. I know. When I think of the number of hours I put into like planning for my wedding, for instance, oh, my gosh, like <laughs> the things I could have done with all those hours. You know, it's like How about those napkins, right? Those napkins that you spent twelve yeah. days right. determining what font to use. Do you think the calligraphy? Exactly. <laughs> no, I went through that. I got married at eighteen. Huge uh, wedding. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nope. Second marriage was on the beach, barefoot. Yeah. Nope. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> simple. Keep it simple. I mean, so many people get caught up in the ego. Right. They get caught up in the how it's going to be perceived or how it's going to be viewed or you know what things can I say about it. It's like it's about two people coming together in love and committing their life together. That's exactly. really, it doesn't need to be $20,000 of wasted money. So everybody else can party. And then you can look back and go <laughs> as you're signing your divorce papers going, well, that was a great, great investment. Our bar tab <laughs> at our first wedding was $20,000. Wow. Yeah. And I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for a good party. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great to, you know, have a good time with everybody, but yeah, there's, you know, it's probably not like maybe as important as the marriage itself. So at least put as much time. I think that, you know, that's not that common either to put as much time actually planning for the marriage <laughs> as you do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you talk about uh, customer service. I talked about, I talk, I used to train about customer service and I'm like, when you go home, do you give your family the best customer service you have at the end of the day? Like, no, by the end of the day, I'm tired and I'm frustrated. I'm like, who's the, who's the person that's going to be by your bedside when you're dying? You should come yeah. home and give your best customer service to your family, not to the people who are just paying your paycheck. I mean, come on. But anyways, I digress. Yeah. Well, and you and I were actually, so this wasn't our topic by any means tonight. We were going to, we were going to chat about some fun things, but I actually think that, I think that it's cool that we're kind of touching on, you know, some ideas here that could be useful too, before we kind of jump in. But mm. I did want to share out, I have noticed. So one of the little fun news stories that I found was that not only in the UK, but also in the US, there's like a bunch of new green initiatives that are coming to fruition, which I was pretty happy to see. I mean, because I, I think we all have seen, oh, you know, there's been some benefit to this whole, you know, shutdown thing, you know, for the for the planet. Oh, and yeah. I was like, that is super cool. I was I was happy to see that. So we're I, I guess we're like not using certain nets. Um, outside of California anymore. And they're apparently illegal, like in just about every other place. But, so we won't be catching dolphins and stuff like that. In oh, the good. Yeah, the sword fishing nets. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Have they addressed the netting issue in Mexico where they were capturing all the fish and actually reducing the fish population? Yeah, and I think that was part of it. They 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 actually are starting to ban these particular nets. And so, oh, yeah, that was... Mm -hmm. Good. When, I, when, actually, when I worked at Patty being a scuba diving company, one of the big initiatives they had there was um, shark fin soup. 
it was a big thing. It was like, okay, so we had to go back to our carriers and say, do you have a policy in place to say you will not ship shark shark fins to be produced in shark fin soup? Because we're, you know, obviously Patty, we're, you know, conservation company, underwater world environment. And so we had to go back to FedEx and all these other people. And FedEx was the only company that still did it. So it was pretty crazy. But um, yeah, wow. I mean, that's amazing that they're that they're doing those things because yeah, especially at this time, we've heard the studies of how, how much less pollution there was when their lockdown was right. going on and how much things were starting to revive, animal life was starting to revive and things of that nature. So we need to capitalize on that, but yet still be able to get out and enjoy the world at the same time. But I mean, the amazing technology, I was telling somebody this the other day, that the way that technology is advancing right now, I heard before it was about it's advancing at a, such an accelerated pace that it was outpacing itself every 10 years. And now it's outpacing itself every six years. Wow. So like the technology, like I was just telling somebody the other day, they're 61 years old. I'm like, dude, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm like, you realize that you could possibly live now until 120 that they just, they just detected what the next gene that they need to interrupt or something like that. in part of the aging process is like, you could live to 120, you're 60 years old. You haven't, I mean, come on, dude, you're just getting right, fired yeah. up. Well, and with all the, you know, I mean, it's amazing to me because I think, I believe it was Einstein who said, you know, the, the medicine of the future will be um, vibrational, will be, you know, done through like electricity. And um, I just thought that was super interesting because now we're seeing that actually come to fruition. And so, you know, it's, there's so many new like modalities and, and treatments that we can explore. So yeah, I mean, who knows, right? And mm -hmm. so it would be nice if like the earth was here for us if we live that long, right? So we're gonna need our fish and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my, my whole goal right now, honestly, is that we don't screw up so badly that my son has to fix it. That right? we leave, he's yeah. three and a half years old, that we leave this place, you know, whenever we go in, in better hands than we got it. You know, that's what I always think about yeah. evolution. I think about personal development. You know, people ask me my approach to evolution as humans. And I'm like, the evolution is that we should, we shouldn't look back 10 years and go, I'm happy that I'm that person. I was that person. You should always right. be evolving and growing and learning and expanding. And so many people sit there and say, oh, when I get out of school, I don't need to learn anymore, but you need to continue to grow and evolve. And even to the point now that it's so, the information is so exponentially there for us that that evolution should just like catapult. Like I was just telling Scott earlier, I was talking to him and I said, you know, shit that I would have thought was stupid five years ago. Like literally, if you would have told me about vibrational energy of the universe, I'm like, shut the, f didn't say it, shut the F up and come on. But at, honestly, today I was talking with somebody else that was struggling this morning. And I said, I honestly think that the vibrational energy of this world is just really off balance. And I think that's a wake up call for us to all think differently about how we can contribute to making it better, not worse. And that will heal the vibrational energy that's going on because so many, I never knew I was an empathic person. I knew I was, you know, I felt sad for things, but literally I understand how it is. It's like, I feel yeah. it. It's so crazy. What about you? I mean, I'm yeah. sure you feel it. I mean, you're, it's you're so, intuitive yeah. and everything. Yeah. I love that you say that because, you know, we are, I, I mean, we definitely are all connected. You know, we're connected. There are a lot of times like I go outside and I just feel this, you know, I feel this energy with nature. I feel the connection to the trees and, you know, just like really rejoice in seeing nature, the beauty, flowers, things like that. And so I think that, yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said for honoring that and, you know, really like taking care of it the right way, because ultimately it's taking care of us too. So if we're not taking care of it, it can't take care of us. And, and there was actually, um, you know, very interesting, this is, I, I just stumbled upon this story today, but it ties in really well. And there was this kind of like freakish, I'm gonna call it freakish, cause I think it was like experiment done where these eight scientists decided they were gonna see if they could live in this like earth-like atmosphere for like two years and they were gonna grow their own food and all this sort of thing. And it was like this self-contained, you know, thing. And they weren't gonna be, they weren't gonna be leaving. They were gonna see if they could just live in there for two years straight. And it was so interesting to kind of read their story and hear how, you know, some of the people just got to the point where they were like, what do we do? Because they were running out of oxygen and they're like, we have to keep the plants going to, you know, have enough 
oxygen, but if we use up too much of our oxygen, then, you know, and so it, it was really kind of fascinating. I mean, ultimately they ended up having to pull some people out and actually bring some new people in. And um, it was, so it wasn't necessarily the full study that it was supposed to be originally, but right. I just thought what an interesting concept because that's ultimately what we've been doing on earth too, you know, is just like, let's just see what happens if we use all of our resources and we don't really pay attention to what we're doing. Right. <laughs> isn't, that funny how now, we isn't that funny how we don't though? I was sitting there, right. I'm not into technology anymore, but isn't it amazing that we know that solar technology can provide electricity? Yet we have so much empty space. Like I know when I go to Vegas now off to the, off to the left, you can see this like array of these solar panels. Now it's like yeah. blinding almost, but to right. think about that, we know that te technology is there and there's so many open places where the sun can be. It's, and why aren't we harvesting that? You know, it's so crazy how many opportunities there are for us all to do these things. And yet we don't. And I think that's one of the things that I struggle with. And even thinking about that today, when I was out hiking with my son, it was like, I was so, like caught up in when do I have to be back? When do I have to be next to the next mm -hmm. thing that we yeah. get caught up in those things and we lose those moments, right? You know, and I think that's one of the most special things that we have in this life is are those moments to be able to make, you know, the impact that we want and create the positive ripple effects that we need to make. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it is, you know, I think it's neat that we're start, we're starting to see this in a different way now. You know, maybe more of us are aware of the, the impact that we're having on the planet. And, you know, now we kind of have the opportunity to shift that which I think, you know, really ties in well to another question that I know you wanted to talk about. And, and I love this question. And, you know, on a more personal I level. I share my positive news story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, my new Kick-Ass Unstoppable cup. I mean, how cool is that? Maybe available for order soon. Who knows? There you go. No, my positive news story, and I think you may have know about it, but in, let's see, Patricia Gatt. I always pronounce her name right. And I'm sorry, Patricia, but Patricia Gagix, I always forget it. Patricia, I'm just going to call you Patricia, um, introduced us, introduced me to this lady named Serena Buffalino. And she said, Hey, she reached out on email. She's like, I think you two souls would connect. You know, you're both about, you know, making the world a better place. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I hadn't talked to Patricia in a little bit. We've known each other for about 10 years. And I was like, so I, got in touch with Serena and I had a little zoom call with her and I was just like blown away at still in this day and age that there are people that will walk away from their day job, walk away from security, walk away from, you know, all the things that they were doing. And she was already, you know, mentoring the at-risk kids in Canada. And like these, I mean, the, the lowest of the low kids, the kids that were in special ed, she was already doing all these things. She had it all set up. And she said, you know what? I feel a calling to go help the kids in Haiti. And wow. she, and she literally you know, gave up everything that she had, all her material possessions in a sense and said, you know what? I just feel like, okay, here in America and, and any, any, and I mean, literally I could probably say this, any Hispanic that's been in the country that's never, wasn't born here who comes here says, if you can't make it here, then you, you, you can't make it anywhere. You know, I, I had a personal friend of mine, Miguel Sanchez. He came here with nothing. He slept under a freeway overpasses and he built a business. Wow. Not even knowing the language. And I, I, he was on my show. He was on my, uh, my other show that I used to have the kick-ass radio show. The guy was phenomenal. I actually went down to long beach and, and sat with him for an entire day. He built this market, you know, these, these shops. And so, and just thinking about that, you know, that the fact that if you don't, if you can't make it here, then you can't make it anywhere. Um, yeah. you're going to jump in. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so just being able to just to understand the fact that when we go through those things, you know, it's just all about the inspiration that we can get in the moment and, and being responsible for our outcomes. And that's the amazing thing that Serena does. I mean, she just literally went and said, okay, I'm just going to give her everything and go build this school in Haiti. And she did it and she built the school and now she struggles every day to, 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 to get food over there because of the COVID thing. And she's constantly hustling. She's like, I'm going to be on this. I'm going to go do this. And she goes, I love it. And she just gave up her life. She literally gave up her existence to go do this, to help people wow. in another country. And I've had people say, well, what about the th things that are going on here? And to my point, it's like, exactly. Everybody's right. all messed up about masks and all this other stuff. But every night, how many thousands of kids in our own country go hungry, but we're all worried about this other stupid shit. Nobody right. raises a flag like, wow, you know, 25,000 or 25, you know, 2 million kids go to sleep every night without a meal. Nobody's up in arms about that, but they're up in arms about, okay, are you wearing this? Or are you doing that? And that's the thing that frustrates me when I see that Serena just like, Hey, I'm going to go do this. And I see the pictures and everything else in what 
the impact is in that country, they have nothing. I mean, literally nothing. And, and so she goes and gives it to that. So I think it's just phenomenal that there are still people in this world who don't look at what they can get. They look what they look, they look at what they can give. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I think it's really a testimony to, you know, what we can do. I think that a lot of times we limit ourselves. I mean, we just don't, we think, oh, well, someone else could do that, but I, I could never do that. But really we could do that, but it's, it's the way that we sure. look at it. It's, it's, it's our perspective. And yep. so when we start to realize that, you know, we really are, whether it's the planet or whether it's other humans on the planet, you know, we're all tied together. We're all connected. And so whatever is happening for that person over there, you know, if we're doing nothing to help, if we're doing nothing to change, to bring change about, then we're just in, in an inadvertent way, kind of fostering that energy. And so I think when we do have an awareness of something, it is important to act on that and, you know, to move toward whatever that thing is that we can do. And I know that's one of the things, you know, we've talked about before on the show is just this idea of like, even with our own, you know, communities, our own neighborhoods, our own cities, you know, what can we do? How can we start to reach out to people, start to help people, you know, build resources, support each other, you know, be more active in ways that can move us toward the things that we really want to see. Mm -hmm. Yep. It all starts by leading out and just like being the change you want to see. I always love that, 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 that statement. So many people bitch about the change they want, but they never contribute to the change they want to see. And that's the crazy thing that's going on right now. And I love what you said, Pam, because, you know, it's, it's a crazy journey for me to really say this, but, you know, identifying that we really are all from the same source, mm-hmm. no matter what belief that you have, you know, Quran, Christianity, Catholic, I mean, we're all right. really from the same part and we really all want the same thing. And when I was driving today, I love driving. That's like my best brainstorming part. And I was driving today and I was thinking about, you know, how can I take situations that are polarizing and show that the fact that the left and the right want the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, in any situation, abortion and kind of drill down in the conversations I personally have had in my life. And I can say this with absolute certainty. Everybody wants the same thing, black, white, straight, gay, Republican, Democrat, short, fat, bald, whatever label you want to put on. Everybody wants the same thing. And I was thinking about that today. I'm like, wouldn't that be so cool to be able to take, you know, two sides of an opinion and show that they really wanted the same thing and bring that unity in that, in that, you know, here's how we're different, but really the beauty of it. And I'm sure you'll agree. We're all the same. We're all fighting for the same thing, but in different ways. And when we can find a way to bring that unity, that's when the real magic and the love is going to happen in the universe, I think. And that's crazy for me to say, you know, because before I would have said that's whatever. Yeah. No, and, you know, just to be able to have those conversations, you know, just to be able to talk about things that maybe aren't always comfortable. You know, I think sometimes we hesitate to talk about things because we think that it's going to be a disagreement or, you know, but just to know that you can go into a discussion and just listen. You don't actually have to say anything and, you know, just hear that other person's perspective. And just that in and of itself can help you to really just expand your awareness and your understanding of something. And then, you know, you can always walk away from it and go, you know, maybe I don't agree with everything they said, but I took some things away from that. Simple, simple, simple. I, I, I operate my life like that. And some people are boggled by it. Some people are mad about it, but I'm like, I can see, literally, I can say this out loud. I can see most every side of an argument of a situation because I've either coached people. I've been in situations I've been, you know, it's like, if that, that, if that's that person's reality from the point of where they've been, you know, influenced, of course, that's going to be their truth. And that's going to be that person's truth. And that's going to be that person's truth. And the more we sit there and say, Hey, tell me more about that. Where does that come from? Yeah. How does that serve you? And like, okay, it serves you in this way. Okay. You know, there's so many different things that are going on, but again, we're more different. We're more, the more the same than we are different. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier about the show is like, what are, what are pivotal points in our life where we got to a point where we had to say, Hey, listen, I got to make a really important decision about my life. And we made that decision and it turned out to be, you know, a trajectory that has proved to be a great one. What is that for you? 
Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting. So I, you know, have been a single mom for many years and I spent a good, you know, 12 probably of those years, really, frankly, just like going job to job with stuff I didn't love to do, you know, and trying to find something that was meaningful to me, trying to find something that I really felt purpose in. And, you know, it was interesting because in about 2017, I had been working at a job that, again, just was not fulfilling. And I just thought, I know this isn't going anywhere. You know, there's no potential there. I don't love what I'm doing by any stretch. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we're in those positions, we we feel limited. We feel like, you know, we're not sure where to go. But I just came to a point where I thought, I am just going to, like, put myself out there and see what the possibilities are. And I actually came across an ad. <laughs> I came across an ad for um, what at the time, honestly, I thought um, was sounded like it was not even remotely legitimate. But something in me just said, just, you know, send your send your information in and see what comes of it. And so I did. And I got an interview with this guy who, I mean, right off the bat, I just thought, okay, this was not what I was expecting. <laughs> and this guy was like an ex stockbroker. You know, he had been really successful in his life and he was helping this guy now run his online e-commerce uh, training coaching business. And so all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like these guys are actually for real. <laughs> and so we had this great conversation and he said to me, he's like, I really want you to talk to my boss. You know, I'd love to set up a time tomorrow. Can you talk with us? And I said, sure. And I was really nervous because I didn't know what to expect, but I just thought, you know, what do I have to lose? Right. And so we get on this phone call and you know he's throwing some stuff at me pretty fast and i'm kind of like okay okay and he's like but here's the deal the whole position is pretty much commission based and i was like oh, you know i'm the single mom i'm like i gotta have some reliable income and i'm like and i was like i'm gonna just and i had never done this before i'm like i'm gonna negotiate for myself you know a little bit in this moment <laughs> and i said well i can Everybody do negotiate for yourself yeah. And, uh, you know, I said, I can I can do that for the most part, but I just need a little bit of base. And we actually ended up coming to an agreement on that, which was somewhat miraculous. But I mean, it really was like it was like do or die. And I had never really had a, a position like that. I had never been in a position where I was like basically full time commission and it was sales based. And so that was all new for me too, other than a little bit of real estate I had done, which is something totally different. And, but I just thought, you know what, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna take the leap and I threw myself into it. And you know, the, the most interesting thing is that I met an amazing, amazing mentor through that process. And I mean, I worked my tail off, don't get me wrong. You know, I worked 50, 60 hour weeks for a solid year. But I learned so much, not only about the processes that they were teaching us, but about myself and what I was capable of and the limitations that I'd put on myself. And, you know, it really was such an incredible turning point in my life, not because I instantaneously became wealthy or some such thing, but it put me on a totally different trajectory. And I definitely wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you right now had I not made the choice to do that then. So Bravo. That was a huge moment for me. Yeah. Bravo. So many selling points in that story. I mean, seriously, <laughs> the fact that you threw your, I love it, how you said I threw myself into it. How many people take something that they think is so important and they never throw themselves into it. They're like, well, let me just see. Let me just see if that's going to work. Let me just, I want to see if that's going to work because if it doesn't work, then I would just want to draw back. How it feels. <laughs> you have to throw yourself into it. I was just on a group call last night with these, uh, this group of, of men that I'm a part of. And literally there was 12 guys and everybody shared their story about the same question. And it was so amazing to, see, to hear different stories, but the outline, the structure of what caused them to be sex successful, sex, sex, successful. Damn, I can't hey, talk to you. Success successful. is sexy. Let's, let's not lie. <laughs> successful. Yes. Yours truly, Christopher Roush, is here to model for you. No, no, no. Chris is like out of that. 
Chris is out of that. No, stripper Chris is not going to come back. No, <laughs> sorry. No, not Frank, tonight, no. nothing. I'm just teasing the listeners. They're like, what's that? Um, fuck, where was I talking about? Oh, we were talking about being successful in your, your guys in your group. Oh, yes. And in every, every 12, every, all the guys were like, okay, I went through this spot and I had, I got to this pivot point where I had to jump. I had to believe in myself, every single person. And you know, my story, you know, I was a corporate guy from last November and hearing all of these guys and every single story based on this question was like, I had to trust myself. I had to believe in myself. I had to love myself. I had to give myself permission to be happy. I had to, I had to have faith that I was going to figure it out. And for all you guys watching and listening, seriously, get that point straight. You have to have that. You Love have that. to have that passion. You have to have that determination. People ask me how I'm unstoppable. I'm like, it's not that I don't stop. It's that I keep going no yeah. matter what. Listen, I can tell you about today. I kept going. I kept going because I have a bigger why. When you have a bigger why, you have a bigger how. You keep feeding that. And that's, I mean, Absolutely. yeah. Love that. that. So what about you? What was your pivotal moment? <sighs> pivotal moment. And there's been a few. There's been a few. Um, there was a, two times I tried to kill myself that fortunately I wasn't successful at. The pivotal moment for me, really, honestly, the big one for me is up until the time I was 17 years old, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't love myself. I didn't trust myself. I did not think I was smart. I didn't, didn't think I had any talent. I thought I was supposed to be seen and not heard. And up until that point, especially when I turned 13, became homeless, seventh grade dropout, living in the backseat of station wagon, going through those four years between 13 and 17 to realize how much that I was a victim of situations that I had no control over. And after trying to kill myself twice, having a gun put to my head because I didn't buy a pack of cigarettes from a guy because it was a wrong brand, um, you know, all these different situations I had in my life, the drugs, the alcohol, the violence, everything that I had up until 17 you know, it got to a point where I was like, okay, if I don't get out of this situation, I mean, they're going to wind up dead in jail or just like them. Mm. And I'm like, or, or, or there's this tough decision. You could actually leave the situation and let your mom deal with it because your mom was the one that put you in that situation. And it really came to a point where I went to work that one day after having put the gun to my forehead and I told the guy I actually pull the effing trigger. I'm like, pull it. At that point I was done. I'm like, I'm over done bye pull it and fortunately this guy ran up and said no 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 him and his mom are cool him and his mom are cool um but then i took this chance so i got this opportunity presented to me to go have this huntington beach apartment i'm living in anaheim in this the worst motel ever you could ever imagine um to living in huntington beach and i had to go back to my mom and i thought at 17 years old after everything i've been through the physical pain the physical violence everything i i mean literally we could have like a 12-hour session on it I thought I would go back to my mom and say, Hey, listen, I have an opportunity to go better myself, to actually get out of the situation before I wanted dead or a drug addict or something like that. Um, and I thought she was going to finally say, you know what, Chris, go, go do it. You're a man now go do it. Right. And she called me every name in the book and it was all a victim status. And it was like, there's nothing more I can do. Otherwise I'm going to be dead or in jail. Literally, right. um, that was my goal at that point to drink myself to death, to whatever it was. And when I got that opportunity to leave the motel and go live in Huntington Beach, and it was so hard because I thought I was going to be the rescuer for my mom. And I realized at that point, I'm like, I have to be the rescuer myself. Nobody yeah. else is going to save Chris. My mom is delusional. She's on drugs. She's not, she's not going to, she's not going to say, Hey, Chris, you know, you should go live your life. I already lived mine. I right. screwed mine up. You should go live yours. And when I made that determination to leave the motel, I never left my mom. I went back there every night. My ex-wife can prove that can validate this, you know, but when I made that determination that I'm the most important person in the world, my mm -hmm. self love is the most important thing. That was the change literally in my life from going dead or in jail to the life I have now, you know, yeah. that was the pivotal point in my life. I had to choose myself and so many people right now, I can guarantee this. So many people watching this right now, all the coaching calls I've done for free in the last couple of months, Everybody is struggling with that right now. Mm -hmm. You're like, do you love yourself? Right. And people pause. People yeah. pause like, oh yeah. Well, I think so. So that moment when I said I love myself and I deserve better and I know I'm I'm meant for way better things. Mm. Was, I mean, that whole process, that whole process from that point was 
free fall. You know, I got, I got involved with my, my ex-wife, Tammy, who was an amazing person. I met her dad. He said, Hey, you're going to go back to school. I'm like a seventh, I'm a seventh grade dropout. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, a, I'm stupid. My mom told me I was stupid all my life. You want me to go back to school? And so I went, okay, this guy said to go do it. He's a smart guy. I'm going to go do it. And I went, did this. And he said to do this and blah, blah, blah. And I started following smart people. I'm like, wow. You know, so that's how I changed my life in that point, because so many people are just like stuck and they don't want to accept responsibility right. for where they're at. They want to blame other people like, oh, that's my mom's fault. That's this. And they're like, just accept responsibility and make the determination that it's going to suck for a minute, for a minute, but your life is going to be so much better after you take responsibility and you love yourself. I mean, isn't yeah, that what you call Well, and really honoring your spirit too. I think, you know, it's that moment where you realize that you're more than what you thought you were, that, you know, just what you'd been told about yourself and what you took away from that wasn't necessarily the the truth and that there was more to why you were here and more to you and more to your story. And so there was a reason for you to stay. And I think, you know, that is ultimately you know what it comes down to when we when we all come to a place where it's sort of we have that decision to make about whether we're going to move forward in our life or we're going to stay stagnant and become stationary we're really that's the choice we're making it's it's what you know who do i really believe i am and what do i believe i can become i've actually i have a story about that it's real quick um i used to i used to coach a vice president of a company this is crazy um he just loved me because I was real. He's like, I need somebody to tell me the real truth. And so he was like, you know, he was, I'm miserable in my job. I'm miserable in this. I'm miserable in that. And I was sitting there thinking about a different coaching technique that I could use to get him to see things differently. I mean, a vice president of a company. I mean, at this point I was, you know, just barely becoming a coach. And I said, so you're choosing to do this to yourself. Hmm. I just, I just, I just, I just come up with different questions. Yeah. I said, so you're choosing to be miserable. Just like I said, like you're choosing to punish yourself. And he's like, I'm not choosing to be miserable. And I'm like, well, have you looked for another job? Have you tried to do a different career? Have you thought about talking to your family about downsizing all the stuff that you have? Well, no. I'm like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about what you want to do in the next phase of your life? Well, no. I said, but you come here every day and you're miserable. Yeah. I'm like, that's your choice. And I swear to God, white crisp collar, my hat's on backwards, everything. And he's like, I hate you, Christopher. (laughs) And he just looked at me and I'm like, why? Cause I just made you accept responsibility for your actions. I swear to God, perfect gray hair, everything. And here I am. I'm like, so you're choosing right. to punish yourself, but, but no, wait, yeah. wait, wait, there's this, then there's this. And, and my, my kids, I'm like, that's all possession. That's all items. That's nothing. Is that, right. is that the love of your family? You know, you're choosing to make yourself miserable. You're choosing to shorten your life, not be here for your family because you think that monetary compensation or possessions are going to make your family love you more. Your family's going to love you more when you're there with them. And he, yeah, he, absolutely. He, he's like, I'm choosing to, to shoot myself in the foot. And I said, yeah. And now he lives and he does something different. I mean, it wasn't, I don't think that, that conversation didn't spawn that. I don't necessarily think, I mean, I take a little bit of contribution for that, but it was a few years later that he just like changed his life completely. Well, yeah. Undoubtedly he walked away thinking about it. And I think that's, you know, ultimately a lot of the time we're stuck in our situations because we're just not willing to look at it in a different way. You know, it's, we've gotten used to things being a certain way. And I do think that a lot of what's happened in the last several months has really forced a lot of us to reevaluate a lot of things and to start to look at our lives and say, what am I hanging on to that just isn't serving me anymore? And what do I need to let go of? And what do I want to move toward? And I think that's such an important question to be asking ourselves right now is, you know, what do I really want to see in my life in the future? You know, if you're not happy right now, then why is that? What are the things that are keeping you from where you want to go and what you want to do and even who you want to be? So what what's keeping you from that? <laughs> I think it's a great question because I feel like that's something I ask myself every single day. What is keeping me from anything? And And it doesn't even have to be a specific thing. But normally, we'll, you know, something will come up. We'll have an idea of what that is. And if we just sit with ourselves for a moment, that's going to come up when we ask that question. And mm-hmm. then, you know, immediately, then you can evaluate that and say, okay, well, you know, then I've got a choice to make. I can start changing. I can start doing something to change this, you know, or I can keep seeing the same things coming up. 
Excellent. I mean, it's How about so yourself? What, what do you feel like your process looks like for really creating change in your life? Letting go. Hmm. Um, that has been the process for me since November 7th of last year is really letting go of who I thought I was, who I thought I was going to be, and instead to just be. I've always been a control freak. I've always been a perfectionist. I was talking with somebody the other day. I'm like, I have three books written. They're like, why aren't they published? I'm like, because I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, why don't you publish right now? I'm like, because I wrote them in a, in a voice that I thought would be perfect for what the vibe of the book was going to be. And now I read it back and I'm like, that's not me. That was a version of me that I'm not happy with anymore. That was a version of me that was becoming the version of me that I am now. So I think that it's you have to let go of the expectation that things are going to be a certain way. You know, expectations are a form of control. So if I have an expectation that if I do this, I'll get that, that is a form of control. And if you don't get the outcome that you expect from that expectation, then you're disappointed, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're sad, you're lonely. So when you let go and you say, you know what, whatever happens, it's going to happen. And I'm going to respond, not react. I'm going to respond to that situation with love and compassion for myself and for other people involved and not be so caught up in the expected outcomes. Like we're so, we're so tied to what is it that I'm going to get for this? You know, I look at my son right now and I literally have to bribe him. You know, this it's like, Hey Jackson, you eat this to go do this. Right. Like, it's three and a half years old. I'm already negotiating with him. I said, I was not going to do that. And every parent laughed at me like, Oh wait, you're going to be negotiating for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know? So I have to let go of the expectation, you know, even with him, like I expect him, if I say something, he's going to listen, but he's three and a half years old. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just becoming the boss of my own self. So yeah, just shut up. So I have to, <laughs> I have to let go of the fact that he's not going to. And so if my expectation is that I say something, he listens and he doesn't, then I'm frustrated that I'm a bad dad and I'm not in the moment with my son. You know, if we sit there and we see a Facebook post that pisses us off and we're like, okay, I'm going to go into the state and to, to keyboard warrior out of this. <laughs> am I going to be in the state with my family in the next five minutes that says I'm loving? Yeah. You know, somebody was asking me the other day, they were like, they were so angry at so many things. And I said, give love. I right. said, just give love. I said, give love to the people that are opposite of you. Just, just give love. I mean, maybe they grew up in such a, a screwed up situation that they don't understand what is up and what is down. Give them love. You know, Scott talks about go love. Now we need more of that. We were just talking about, he and I were just talking about that, that the fact that he put out a challenge, go love. Now just talk about, you know, what love means to you right now. And even I, even me, his, his friend is like, I, even I was like, dude, I need to do that. I need to do that. He goes, but if I go post something that's negative, everybody co goes and jumps on it. You know, for yeah. me, it's just letting go and really it's crazy as it sounds. It's just really loving everybody for who they are and trying to see. And I've determined this in the last couple of weeks really is seeing people as their kid version because we're all kids. And if you look at somebody, even a grown man, which I've had to do and think about who are they? as a four-year-old right now, because we're all kids. And so when you try to process that emotion, you can connect with them. And it's not about who's right or who's wrong. It's like connecting with that four-year-old. And I saw my son just recently, just a couple of days ago, these kids came on the playground, different race and everything. They connected in a second. They connect. It was so beautiful. I mean, I get chills. I want to cry. It was so beautiful. Jackson reached out his hand and they took his hand and like, come on. And they were running in hands. I swear to God, I, I have video of it. They oh. ran through the sprinklers together. And I'm like, that's what we all need to be more of. Right. And so for me, it's, yeah. it's letting go of all that stuff, all that perfectionism, all that outcome stuff, and just being in the moment. I could literally have an aneurysm 10 minutes from now. When I was out hiking with Jackson, I was a little so worried about getting back to my coaching calls. I'm like, just be in the moment. Just that's what you can focus on. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we are making a big change, when we are stepping into something that maybe is unfamiliar or new, then more than ever, we have to give ourselves some grace and just say, you know, even though I have these expectations, I'm gonna allow myself to take this journey too. And just know that it's a process, you know? And that's okay. Like we can, like you're saying, we can just be in that process too. And it's not really a matter of like fixing ourselves per se, it's just having more awareness. It's having, a better perception of who we already are and learning to then expand into that. And I kind of like to use this example because I think it's really like just so basic and easy. 
It's kind of like if you, you know, you have like a little circle ring and you take one of those squishy stress balls, you know, and you're and you're pushing it through that ring. It's got to be able to shift, but when it comes out the other side, it's going to expand and it's still the same squishy ball, right? It's just expanded back out. And so I think that's a lot of what we kind of go through. Like sometimes there's that constraint and we feel like, oh, this is uncomfortable and I'm kind of being, you know, I'm kind of being like, but that's good. In ways I'm not used good. To. Right. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, being uncomfortable yes, is great. Absolutely. That's how we grow. Exactly. That's like when I posted the other thing, I was like, I'm like if we learn from our mistakes, then why don't we make more? Because yeah. of that fear, that judgment, that fear, that failure, the fear that. Because we judge like, ourselves. Often. Yeah. Often the biggest judge, the biggest critic is us. Because most people are busy judging themselves or doing their thing, you know, worried about their own crap. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we just think they're judging us when ultimately we're really judging ourselves. They don't and care about what if we're doing. We can, yeah, if we can just learn to observe, then the other people are going to be like, oh, cool, they're doing a new thing. That's all they're going to be thinking, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's so true. I mean, it's, you got you to gotta look at, you know, there's so much, there's so much, so many people right now looking for what is different about our opinions. And like I said before, the similarities of the fact that we're all trying to do the same thing and that we, when we seek first to understand, I love Stephen Covey for this. It was one of the biggest, I mean, talk about the turning points in my life. One of the biggest lessons I have learned truly in my life, that lesson seek first to understand then to be understood. That has been, my mom was, you better understand me and I'm not giving up until you do. Right. And I grew up in that environment. I mean, I grew up just like her. I mean, I have her yeah. tendencies. They yeah. still come out. And, you know, it's just like, it's so crazy to think that um, the people are like that in the world. You know, yeah. you just got to, you got to figure out what it is that you want, figure out what you're willing to settle for. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, and I love that Glenn Morshower did this. And I'm not sure if you heard the story, but I was there at the Rockstar event. And they went to, we went to the beach, got water. He came back on stage. He goes, this is the water from the beach. And then he went and returned to, he goes like, we're all water from the beach. No matter where you're at, we're all water at the beach. We should all be helping each other and lifting each other uh -huh. up, especially now, like we said about the communities, you know, if somebody's in my, and I feel bad about this, I truly do tr and transparency. You guys know I'm transparent. You know, I think about my community right here in this little, I have a little block area, right? Um, that I haven't reached out and said, Hey, I'm a coach. I can help you. I've reached out to all these people on Facebook, all these people I don't even know, but there's people like right next door that could be like ready to hang themselves or something like that, commit suicide. And I haven't reached out to them. So I know I need to take ownership for that and say, Hey, do you need a meal? I don't care who you're going to vote for. I don't care what you think about masks. Are you hungry? Are your kids okay? Do they need to come play? Can they come play in the pool? You know, I don't care about all that other stuff. Are, are you guys okay? Are you guys healthy? That's what we should be asking about everyone. That's the thing that's yeah. just driving me crazy. Love that. And I really like Cindy's comment too. She said, you know, parents and children learn from each other. I think that's really true. Yeah. And I think parents can learn a lot. I know I've learned a lot from my son over the years. I feel like he's probably been one of my best teachers, to be honest. And, you know, I, I think that's really important. You know, when we listen to our kids, then there's so much that we can take away from what they have to say. And so I think that's important to remember too. It's just that even though they're little people, you know, they have their own ways of communicating things that are really important that we tend to forget as adults. And so um, I love that she said that. And, you know, I know we're coming up on the end of our time here. But one of the things I wanted to do was just give people an opportunity. You know, if you are, if you are struggling with anything, if you do want just a little bit of support, or you have questions, both Christopher and I are available. And you can find me on my website at www.risingenergy.com. And you can find him the no excuses coach at christopherrosh.com. So just wanted to put that out there for everyone. And as always, to thank everyone for being here. It's such a joy always to be on with all of you, to see your comments and to just be able to share this time with you. You know, I, I really feel like the more we do this, the more we build this, this concept and this idea of community and supporting each other. And I love that because it extends out beyond just this little community to the people around us too, because it's a constant reminder that, you know, we're all responsible. We're all responsible for our own spaces, whether it's right immediately around us or extended out into communities and, and out into the world. So um, just, you know, always amazing to be here. Do you have any closing thoughts before we sign off tonight? Like I told you before, I went on camera. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts. 
but you know, I'll try to keep them very succinct because I know that's a challenge for me. For, for me, honestly, what I would say, and I put this to, to my, one of my guests on the show Tuesday night, I said, you know, if you had three minutes in front of the world, what would you say? Three minutes in front of the world, what would you say? The entire world is watching, you know? So I think about, and it's so funny because Pam, you know, it's in our space of being, you know, personal growth experts, you know, trying to make the world a better place that we know that there's not always going to be the people that are going to latch onto that. So right. for me, it's like, it just goes back to be in the moment, be a part of the solution, not part of the problem and live, the, live the legacy that you want to be remembered for every single day. Those three things, those three things I believe really are the cornerstone to having a really, truly kick-ass life. And it's taken me 51 years to figure that out. But truly, that's what I think. And that's what I believe. And as soon as we can get back to that and, and end some of this stuff, you know, it's so crazy. I'll end on this. I walk my dog, you, you know, I walk my dog nearly every single morning. And in the last couple of weeks, I mean, before I would get highs every once. So I mean, I would get highs most of the time, I should say. But now it's so crazy. Everybody is saying hi. I just, I, this guy and I had this conversation for 15 minutes today, you know, distancing just talking about music. He's like, oh, I saw you have a tattoo. And I'm like, Hey man, what's your dog's name? Oh yeah. I have a friend of mine, you know, he's got boxers, you know, that connectedness, that, 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 that part of life is what I really truly feel that we need to be doing right now is that connectedness and, and joining together um, and healing. That's why you and I are doing the show. That's why you came to me. Like, I want to do the show. I'm like, hell yeah. Anything to do to heal the universe and you heal the world. You know, if we get to one person, that's what I'm about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That was really beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that thank with all you. of us. And again, thank you to all of you who have been here this evening and for sharing this out and uh, giving us, you know, giving us your support and your love and lots of love and light going out to all of you as well. Eric hey. Swanson's here. Eric Swanson, that uh, guy had a boxer. Yep, that's Eric why Swanson I stopped and talked to him. Mr. Awesome. Hey, that's it. I mean, sorry, Pam, you're doing you're a good, beautiful record, but I see Eric Swanson. I'm like, the guy had a boxer. So I sat there and talked to him for like 20 minutes. It was so cool. I said, Oh, my buddy's got two boxers. They're totally trained. They're cute. So thank you for being Love on here. Eric. I told Eric, Friends, I said, honestly, thank you. yeah, I'll, I'll tell you sweet. that. Awesome. So great to have you guys on. We'll see you again soon here at rainbows and real life. Good night, everyone. Love you guys. We want to thank you for listening today. We know you have many choices for content and we are grateful you chose us. You can always find more of our episodes at the Energy Healing Network on YouTube. Please do make sure to subscribe to the channel so you can easily find more episodes or watch when we go live. Thank you again for listening and sharing these messages with others who you wish to encourage and uplift.